Hello, everybody. This is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number 388. I am back. This episode is a little bit different than the ones that you've been accustomed to over the past six, almost seven years. The tone is a little bit different, of course, obviously, because it's a different time right now. Um, worldwide epidemic, pandemic, I should say. And of course, uh, it's June 7th, 2020, for those in the future. And uh, right now the world is uh, protesting the death, the murder, because that's what it is, murder of George Floyd. But people need to understand something. It's not just about George Floyd. It's like it was, wasn't was just about Rodney King. And it wasn't just about, you know, you can go on and on and on. Because they were nothing but, you know, rags on top of rags, on top of rags, all soaked in gasoline. Those rags we've been building up for years and years and years and years. And all of a sudden, the flame was sparked and those rags burned and the whole building comes down, metaphorically speaking. Because we've seen police murder people before, but it comes a point after a while when you beat on a group of people, when you torture a group of people for a certain amount of time, they just have to swing back. Right. I'm I'm five, eight and I'm 51 years old. Uh, say we'll, we'll use the rock as an example. He's what, six, five, two, seventy, a world class athlete. Now, when it comes down to under normal circumstances, would I walk up to the rock and try to fight him for real? No. Right. If I could avoid fighting the rock, I would avoid fighting the rock because once again, world class athlete, me, average height dude who's 51. But. If I walked into a room and I saw him smacking my girlfriend, if I had a girlfriend, I, I don't have a girlfriend at the time, smacking my wife or smacking my kid. It is what it is. I'm not even thinking about whether I'm going to get my ass whooped. I'm not even thinking about it. all I'm thinking about is I got to stop that. And I've been in situations like that before in my life where somebody's way bigger than me and they're attacking a loved one or a friend. And I'd even think about the fact that under normal circumstances, I would get my behind whooped by this person. All I could think about is I'm going to stop that. And afterwards, you think about what happened. Oh, man, I got busted up. Oh, man, I smashed up some things. Oh, man, I hit a guy with a chair or whatever it is. Normal circumstances, normal circumstances. You think I'm going to pick a chair up and crack a guy? No. You think I'm going to punch a guy in the throat? No. You think I'm going to attack a guy that big? No. But in certain circumstances, when things just go so far and you feel helpless and you have no choice but to strike back, sometimes you'll do things that under normal circumstances wouldn't even cross your mind. Do you really think the people out there protesting wanted to be standing out there? Of course not. They want to be home living their lives. But you have to understand from the perspective of someone in my community, what it's like to be a part of my community, what it's like to be a black person in America. Like I said, this is a story time episode. So I'm going to tell you a story. We're going to go back to the 90s when I was a young man in my 20s. And I'm living in uh, outside of Los Angeles, California. Living with a girlfriend at the time, I leave our apartment and I'm walking to work. Keep in mind, and I want to preface this, I want you to understand who I am. As this Anthony Thomas, I have never in my life 
physically come into contact with an illegal substance. I've never touched a drug. I've never taken a drug. I won't even be around that. Nope. I've never gotten drunk. I've never committed a crime. I've never, I don't even get tickets. I, I, I'm that guy. So I'm, I'm one of those guys where when the police officer runs my record, I'm sitting there waiting like you ain't going to find a damn thing. I'm clean, 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 clean. You look at my car, even back then, look at my car registration. My name's on it. Look at the insurance. My name's on it. All clean. From that perspective, you can't touch me. And I carry myself that way. Back to me walking. I'm walking across the parking lot. And my lady at the time worked in that, in that, in the, in the, in the shopping plaza. I also occasionally worked in there and, and hung out there. And when you have a shopping plaza, essentially, that's like a small city. It's a small society. It's like a, a country where each one of the stores, no, I'm sorry. It's like a continent where each one of the stores is, is its own country, right? But the thing is, they all know each other. If there's a if there's a supermarket there, the people that work in that place will go to that supermarket. The people from that supermarket will go to the shoe store, vice versa. They all know each other's businesses and they all know each other. Just wanted to let you know that. So if something big like a robbery were to happen in that particular shopping center, everybody would know about it. That's big news if you're a business. That's big news. If you work in a shopping center and someone gets robbed, that is big news. Everyone knows about it immediately. And this was back before there was an internet and before there were cell phones like there are now. Everybody would know about it immediately. I wanted you to know that. And now we're going to move back to me walking down. It's early in the morning and I had to go to Los Angeles. I had to walk for about an hour to catch a bus to ride for another hour to get to work. And I'm walking through the parking lot and all of a sudden police cars come up behind me. Right. And they jump out and they got guns in my face. I hadn't committed a crime. I hadn't committed an offense. I literally could see my apartment from where I was. My girlfriend's still in bed sleeping. And all I'm thinking is, I don't believe this. My girl is right there a few hundred yards away and I had there's a possibility I'm going to get murdered standing in this parking lot. I'm going to die looking at my apartment. That's what I'm thinking. Sir, sir, sir. Uh, put your bag down, drop the bag, drop the bag, drop the bag, drop the bag. Put your hands where I can see them. All right, you know, uh. There's been some robberies in here. We just, we know we, 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 you know, we're a little, uh, we saw, we, why are you walking through here? Why are you, what are you doing out here? Why, 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 why? I'm just, I'm going to work. It's kind of early to go to work. Um, I work in Los Angeles. I'm, I don't have a car right now. I mean, I have a car, but she's, you know, uh, um, yeah, we have, we, we, we have a thing about there was some, there was some robberies there. Now, I already told you, she worked in that place. I was friends with people in that place. Nobody got robbed there. So I already know they pulled me over. Well, not pulled me over. I wasn't driving. Pulled up on me based off a complete lie to begin with. So now I know these guys who were pointing guns in my face are liars. So how am I supposed to feel about trusting them? You have to understand something. From my community, from my perspective, from a perspective of a black man in America, when you get pulled over when you didn't do the thing, you already know the person that pulled you over is lying. They lied to have an excuse to interact with you. There's only three things that could happen. One, the one you hope is going to happen is where they go, oh, sorry, sir, we thought you were someone else. No problem. Uh, Take care of yourself. That's one. Two. 
They escalate and beat the crap out of you or you get shot. And we've seen that happen, haven't we? Or three. And we know what I'm and three is the one that is, is almost as bad is when someone they pull you over, they feel stupid for pulling you over and or, or pulling up on you. And now they have to justify the fact that they stopped you by planting something on you. And we've seen that happen. Keep in mind, there's no internet. There's no video cameras because high definition cameras didn't exist yet. There's no one, there's no one videotaping. I'm alone, guns in my face, hundreds of yards away from my house. They pulled me over based on a lie and now they want to go through my bag. And that's the scariest moment. Not necessarily the bullets because I've also, and this will tell you how, this will tell you how, how, how you think as a black guy when there's guns in your face and you know that there's a chance you can get killed right now. All I'm thinking is they're going to shoot me like 55,000 times. It's going to hurt for a little bit, but I'll be dead. So I'm just going to be calm. That was an actual thought. Ever had a thought like that? Ever had a thought like that? I have. And that ain't the only time it's happened to me. So they take my bag and they're looking at my bag and I'm trying to humanize myself. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. You try to do the friendly card. You try to be cool with them. You try to talk to them with, with respect and try to give them their Because let's be honest, like I said, they've got guns. I don't. It's dark. No one's around. And at this specific moment will dictate what my life is like will it be one they leave me alone will it be two they decide they want to escalate things and i wind up dead maimed three they plant something on me and let's be honest if they plant something on you either you're going to go to jail for a long time because they're going to believe them and not you or it's going to take you a long time to clean up stuff. And you'll always have a little black mark that you have to explain. You're going to lose jobs and not know why. You may, you know, you understand what I'm saying? People may date you, look you up. And this is what we're talking about nowadays. Google you and then see that crap and think that you lied about the fact you got arrested. You don't know what's going to happen. But there is, this is the moment. Back to the story. So I'm talking to the guys. One guy's still pointing at me with a gun at me. The guy, the guy's going through my bag. And the only thing in my bag, I was a salesperson. So the only thing in my damn bag is, you know, sales crap. And I'm talking and talking and talking and talking to this guy, just trying to see what his deal is. And then they look at each other and they walk away with my bag in their hand and they turn around and they're talking to each other. Once again, still within that moment, this moment will dictate and decide the rest of my life. Have I become a human being to these two people? Or am I just another, you know what? They turn around and they walk towards me and he drops the bag at my feet. Still got the gun pointed at me. It was number one. Holsters it. Holsters it. Sorry about that, buddy. You know, but we had a lot of crimes around here. And, you know, while a guy walking through a parking lot three o'clock in the morning is kind of suspicious. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can go ahead now. Sorry to hold you up. Thanks, man. Now I got to go to work after that. Having guns in my face. Got to stand in the middle of, the, of a parking lot with a, in the dark three o'clock in the morning. But my life is basically being decided by the flip of a coin. 
That's a harrowing experience. And it's the kind of experience you remember because it happens at one time and you remember it for the rest of your life. That one experience is shocking and oh my God, I can't believe I survived it. It was one of dozens that were just like that. And I was fortunate enough to not get murdered on those occasions because in any one of those times I could be dead. I learned what to do because my uncles who had gone through this many, many times. Unfortunately, a lot of them got to the ass whooping. Hit me up to the game, gave me instructions on how to increase my chances of surviving the interaction with someone who has the power to kill you and will not get any trouble. And in my generation, I'm 51 years old. And I had that same talk with my nephews. I don't have children yet. But I talked to my nephews. I hipped them up to the game. I have to hip them up to the game. I have to worry about them. I got one that's living in the middle of the country. I got to worry about him. And my other cousins. I got to worry about them. Got to have to hip them up to the game. If you don't know what it's like to have to literally... Give your child instructions on how not to get killed. Even when they committed no crime and were no threat whatsoever, then you should probably just listen. It's not about you talking at this point. It's about you listening. Because you don't understand. You say things online and you have people go, well, what happened before the video? What does it matter what happened before they started videoing? Think about the worst. Think about the worst thing an unarmed person could do to armed people. Right. Imagine that did happen. Whatever your worst case scenario is. Now the video starts and the person is subdued and on the ground and controlled, cuffed. And then get shot in the chest. We've seen that happen on video, haven't we? Has has uh, his neck crushed or his neck held down? Have a, a, a George Floyd a knee to the neck till he dies? Shot in a Walmart for holding a toy that was sold in the Walmart. We have to. Navigate life, not only trying to succeed when we have obstacles that other people don't have and don't even acknowledge because they've never seen them. And trying not to get killed because somebody in a park did a small play on the phone and pretended like you were attacking them. That's why everybody's protesting. That's why Kaepernick was on his knee. Because that's our everyday life. You don't live this life. And if you don't live this life, all I'm asking you to do is either help or shut the fuck up. Story time over.